Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Both me and Mitch urge you to take a day because you you've done a lot of heavy lifting and picking up for me and you'll be doing more next <laughs> yeah, week. And I'll be doing more next week. <laughs> you told me to stay home. I purged my closet yesterday. I had nothing to do. I just gave away clothes. I did nothing. How can I go on a cruise without my cabana wear? I love those those clothes. Where the hell are my clothes? I love those clothes. It feels good. To whom? To, you know, <laughs> donating them. Yeah. Just tweet it, hey, me Danny Parkins, you want my clothes? <laughs> Come by. I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. You're close. Give them to me. Now, donating there's them. five golf polos here. <laughs> Anyone who wants any of them, come on by. Yeah, I don't have the most sophisticated wardrobe. Also, you don't have a lot of clothes, I feel like. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys Maybe have your to best take... stuff you don't waste on us. Oh, you, see, right. you see a lot of reruns, is what you're saying? You think he's got a lot of stuff, but a short rotation? Is that what you think? Frederick Sykes. 45, it's and quite a clothes horse. Wear what's comfortable. Like, I wear, like, the same six or seven things. Yeah. But Danny's getting rid of his non-endorsement branded clothing. <laughs> yeah. So he can only wear endorsement branded clothing from here on out. That's right. PXG, Ben yeah. Rivers. Yeah. Marquee, a mattress 670 with the score. Yeah. A- absolutely. The Dan Bernstein fashion plan. <laughs> it's great. If it's free, I'll wear it. Same pants as yesterday. Checking my outfits? No, no, just... Observing, that's all. I, I just feel like I'm living in some kind of clothing police state, like it's 1984. Big Murray's watching me. Big Murray's not watching. No, Big Murray is watching. Big Murray has other things to do. Apparently, Big Murray has nothing else to do but outfit track. We go One, two, three. And here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I told Tanny this off air when I got dressed this morning. I thought of Chris Tannehill. It's like, have I worn this hoodie to work in a while? How much of your clothing was on already when you thought of Tanny? Can Just I, the socks? Don't answer it. Yeah, it, not a lot. Ooh, boy. Not a lot. What order do you, do you guys put your clothes on? <laughs> Boxers. Boxers, socks. Mm. There's more than that. Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Boxers, socks, pants, shirt. Here's my big thing. Because we go to work so late in the day, I often don't want to wear whatever shirt I'm going to wear to work around the house for like the first four hours with the fear that I might crouse myself or I might, uh, I want to be a little more comfortable. 
You know what I mean? So, like, I might have a T-shirt on for the first three or four hours then change into my nice pristine button-down for radio wear. Did you say we go to work late in the day? Yeah. Tanny and I are here, what, seven? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Tanny might be. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, I, I I wake up early. I'm up at 6, Me 6.30 too. every day. I keep the, I, I don't put the socks on early in the – I'll stay barefoot as long as possible at my house. So socks go on right before the shoes. Most of the time. It's a good time for him. <laughs> yeah. Before. Before. That's before, really interesting. Oh, well, you asked for the order. <laughs> it's another dynamite lead. <laughs> Tanny's Open has us thinking about dressing the today. Management loves it. <laughs> hey, it should be fine. It's a good hoodie on you, though. I it's agree. Under Armour. Yeah, like it's it. classy. It's a, it's a business hoodie. It's a, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is one of my nicer hoodies. <laughs> it's a professional hoodie. We're all a bunch of professionals here. Everybody's a broadcaster, um, including you know, Shane, including Shane and Shane's uh, bourbon and a buddy conversation with White Sox manager Pedro Grafal. Yes, is legit great, like really fun, good, well thought out questions, but also just some BSing. And man, that is a likable dude. Not Shane, but Grafal so likable. He's trying to be chill. He is chill. I got a really good sense for him um, from that that hang and just how comfortable he was with Shane. Didn't you? I, I thought it was great. Uh, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it here. Uh, now that we're getting to it a few days late because of crack slippers and all the news that's happened. He's a Shane's a content creator and a relationship builder and being able to have the relationship that he has with the White Sox where they're like, yeah, we'll give you the manager of the White Sox. Let him drink on camera uh-huh. and just talk and BS is something that some of the most established media people in this town would have gotten shot down with on the ask. And they said yes to Shane because he's awesome at his job. So it is a it is a true media content uh, accomplishment. So you should check it out. You should look at it for uh, where you get your podcast, but also uh, watch it on YouTube. Yeah, watch it on YouTube and and see them bonding about just eating a spoonful of peanut butter before bed. See, I, see them bond about going to Rosemary. Dude has been to Rosemary. Yeah. And they talk about their orders at Rosemary. Welcome into another episode of the Bourbon and a Buddy podcast brought to you by Wyoming Whiskey. Uh, my name is Shane Reardon, executive producer, 670 The Score. I'm very grateful to be joined by new White Sox manager, Pedro Grafol. I went to Chicago Cut the other day with my wife and uh, my my daughter Lauren, we had a great meal. Um, a couple days later, we went to uh, Rosemary's. You went to Rosemary. I loved it. Wow, wasn't going to correct them. <laughs> I was but you not going to say it's not. You corrected it in how you repeated right. it back exactly. To That's, That's a veteran move. Yeah. That's how you do it right there. Yeah, nice, nice, nicely done. And maybe want to play for that guy. I mean, not necessarily that part of it, but like other other parts of it. I just I found him very, very cool. I'm I, chill. I, I thought to set the tone, Tanny. I know it's at the bottom of the cut sheet, but I, I like the idea of how Shane was kind of badgering him to bring out his personality. I thought that this was this, this kind of set the tone uh, for the conversation. People think I'm boring as hell. And uh, it's not that I'm boring, but it, this game beats you down for eight months. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it takes you away from your family a ton, right? When the offseason rolls around, I just like to be around with my, uh, be, be with my no, family. No, you know? see, no, I'm not going to take I, that. I'm just telling you. I'm just no. telling you. I, I just like to be around my family. What I, I you know do? you do, but, but let's say your family doesn't exist. Let's say you mm-hmm. never met your family. And this is before baseball, and you had another option. What would the other option be? Oh, 
And I, I go to, I, I find myself at the University of Miami watching basketball games. Oh. I go to, uh, I go, <laughs> I went, go watch, but now, you know, watch the Heat, the Dolphins, watch the, I went to Chicago, watch the Bulls. Yeah. Go see the Blackhawks, pay pickleball. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't like golf. I fish a little bit, not okay. too much. I love to, I love to go out in the ocean. I love boating. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's not much to me, man. I don't, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what, are you, what, what are you expecting me to do? Go surfing? Well, I mean, what, what, what no, are like, I don't know. Like, Hey, I wanted to be a, when I was in fourth grade, I wanted to be a, that's one of my favorite uh, questions to ask on a date or something like that. Right. Like, Hey, when you were in fourth grade, what did you want to be when you, when you grew up? Like it maybe I want to be a fireman or I want you know to know what I want. You know what I was doing in fourth grade? I was I was playing hooky from school. My dad would pick me up at one o'clock and take me over to Bobby Maduro Stadium and watch the the Orioles play the Yankees, so I can see Cal Ripken, Earl Weaver, and all these guys roll, roll around. I mean that's okay. That's me. That's what I that's what I do. That's respectable, and it, it, it and it shows me that you're the right guy for this job. But we got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. Uh, Shane, Shane just disgusted at Pedro Grafal's interest. How dare you like sports? Yeah. It's and ridiculous. As, as Shane digs in and tries to make Pedro Petey uh, seem uncool, I began to relate. I remember when my mom would take me out of school. Oh, Ken Griffey Jr. and the Mariners are in town. The Tigers are here with Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell. Oh, like, that awesome. was, like, to me, that is cool because that's who he is. Yeah, that is who he is. That's that, he's that's a sports cool. guy through and through, and Shane resents it. <laughs> I watched it back, like to take notes, and, and as you do, right? And I'm thinking to myself, man, I had a lot of balls. It's the second time I've talked to this guy ever. Yeah, yeah. I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but that's you know that's the culture. That that is the culture. Ball busting is is a love language in baseball clubhouses, as it is on this show. Yeah, and he they know he knows what he's signing up for. Yep. They, they they prep him when they're going on that show that it's gonna be it's gonna be unconventional. He so, said he watched the Rick Hahn one. Okay, wow. So yeah. that's a that's a that's a good level of prep. And so you know he's not he's not expecting conventional questions, and it, it was good. That's an interest. I I was not expecting when I when I watched the show though to get some insight into what it would be like to be on a date with Shane Reardon. It's one of my favorite questions. Do you have a list? Yeah. In my of, head, like not written down. Of go-to yeah. first date questions. So, so what did you want to be in fourth grade, yeah. you ask? Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I, I wanted to be the white sh- uh, shooter for the Bulls. Like I wanted to be John Paxson. Okay. Steve Kerr. Ooh, have you told him that? I mean, I, honestly, I thought we probably should have had a much better, like when I got this job, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have a great relationship with Pax. I wanted to be you when I was a little boy. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris Emma now. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm little Danny, and I really wanted to be you. Uh, <laughs> I remember when you went Notre Dame? I wanted to play there, too. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I'm shocked that we didn't have a better report. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should have. That that's a good starting point. And the thing is, we had some good moments, but yeah. a couple bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that would have been my answer. What, what, what's your answer, Mr. Dater? Fourth grader. Um, I, I always wanted to be in the military. I wanted to be a Marine. My dad told me no. Wow. Right? Yeah. That explains yeah. a lot, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, he did not want us to go in. Mm. You wanted to be like your dad. Right. And he yeah. said no. Yeah, he said no. That's not for you guys. I said, okay, I'm super tough, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Wow. That's a, what are your other date questions? Oh, I'm not going to re- 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 reveal that to you. 
Just Pedro Grafal? <laughs> no, I, I only gave him one. I gave Pedro one. If, if I start putting him out now, then all of the women in my demographic, like my age range that listen to this show, mm. then they're going to be they're, they're going to have know answers ahead of time. They're yeah. gonna, you know you're doing material. Yeah. I, I really liked the moment mm. when you tried to uh, advocate for us on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, you really you tried to step up and, and protect our show and yeah. yourself a little bit. Thought Your that players good. that you're just starting to get to know have a reputation for coming on the radio show that I produce here in Chicago, Parkinson Spiegel, and swearing. I don't know what it is. It's it's Liam, it's Lance Lynn, it's Kendall Graveman, it's Joe Kelly, it's what formerly Billy Hamilton. Um, these guys love to come on this radio show and just swear about Five, six months ago, Joe Kelly was in studio with us for an hour, and he swore nine times over the span of an hour. And then just <laughs> days ago, he came on again to promote the book and, and to talk about Liam's unfortunate diagnosis that we, you know, yeah. we all have the faith, all the faith in the world that he's going to beat. Yeah. And I told him when I, when I called him up, I was like, hey, last time you were in with us, you swore nine times. I almost lost my job. Let's lock it up a little bit here. And he cut me off. He's like, I know. I remember. I'm not going to do it. And he swore two times again. So do you have a plan to rein these guys in so I can keep my mediocre job here at 670 to score? Or are you just going to let them go? Let these you know what? Uh, I'm going to let them go except when they're here with you. You know, how about how about that? We want you to keep your job. Yeah. But uh, I also want them to be themselves, whatever whatever makes them go. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we get everybody together. And when they're here with you, Shane, we'll um, – you know, we'll tell them to, you know, just turn it down a notch so you can continue to do what you do. Yeah, I appreciate that. Even if not, I don't like the job that much. So I, I, think- <laughs> oh, well, I won't keep doing it. Then. You never know. <laughs> What's up, man? A mediocre job. Mediocre job, and I don't like the job that much anyway. I'm just trying to loosen Pedro up yeah. and just show him that, hey, I'm just by, like you. Loose. You're trying to loosen, loosen the guest up by bus tossing your teammates. My mediocre job here at 670 The Score, mm-hmm. I don't like the job that much. Oh, that's right. weird, Speaks. Let's revisit your conversation with Will Purdue on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, that's uh, that's fair. We Danny, bu- let's revisit yours with David Ross. <laughs> okay. Part of this is bus tossing when the other guys aren't here. That's no, that, that's true, that's, actually. That that's, checks out. That's yeah. true. That checks I'm out. just trying to loosen him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Sorry, we can take Sipping it. Sipping his basil Hayden over there. Is that, is that what he was good, having? Good story about the basil Hayden. So before we recorded, I said to him, hey, I know you you saw the Rick Hahn one, but when, when we recorded, it was 10 a.m., so he didn't drink. You don't have to if you don't want to, and he stopped it. He's like, no, F that. And you hear him get up and go off screen. He says, Allie, his wife, where's the bourbon? Poured himself a nice glass of basil Hayden. Outstanding. All right. Yeah. So let's get to some of the baseball stuff. This is, again, Shane Reardon drinking bourbon, bourbon and a buddy with Pedro Grafal. Uh, You think he was lied to uh, when the subject of Daryl Boston came up. I do. The the one holdover outside of Ethan Katz and Kurt Hassler, who are both excellent at their jobs, is Daryl Boston. And White Sox fans, I think, were a little confused about that um, with everyone else gone. You like you like him at, at first base, like as a first base coach. And, and look, one of the one of the things that was um, really attractive uh, about this job, um, there wasn't only that it was a great team in a great city, with a passionate fan base that you know coming in there as a visiting club. I absolutely love to hear the fans. Okay, they they know the they know the game. It's not like they're screaming. BS at you, you know what I mean? And just, they know the game. They know 
and and you know what they'll they'll cheer for the other team if he makes a good play they'll 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 rag on you if you make a bad play and a bad fundamental play um but most of the time they know what they're talking about and you hear it you know you hear it out there so uh but one of the most attractive uh things about this job is is the ability to to assemble a staff that you feel comfortable with so when we were assembling this staff um i interviewed Debo. i interviewed him you know what and i liked him i liked his energy i liked uh, his looseness i liked what he brought to the you know to the table um you know i i just I like the experience he's got i like what he's i like what he's done players uh, love like, him too players, players love, love daryl they love him they respect him um you know we're all as a staff um hold on a second we're 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 um you know i feel we have a really good staff um you know this this game uh, is a really tough game um and i'm comfortable with with what our staff brings to the table every day I um I do not believe that he wanted to keep Daryl Boston at all, and I think watching that his body language changed, his tone changed. Uh, uh, I interviewed him. Oh, no, really, I uh, I, I interviewed. I, I like him. I like him. I, I I everything about that as I was watching and listening sounded like trying to sell you and sell fans. It started with like fans are great. Oh no, the fans know their stuff. But in this case, no, I, I interviewed him. I, I really, okay, yeah, maybe you did, but you were told that you had to keep him because somebody up even higher than Rick really wants Daryl to be there. So I think, um, I hope hope you didn't buy that at the moment. I think you might have, but I, I do not. No, no, like I, I didn't want it to, to turn combative, right? So that's why I threw in there because I know that a few players really, really like Debo. So I wanted to be a little agreeable mm-hmm. because that's not what this setting is. Like, yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to challenge him, but no, I okay. did challenge him with the question. But no, I don't believe him at all. Okay. okay. No. <laughs> no, of course all right, not. All right, good. No. All right, <laughs> Nobody cool. in their right minds believes and that that guy wants to keep Daryl Boston. Sometimes you got to lie. Sometimes you got to. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's, I mean, it's, you know. In that job, here's Pedro <laughs> Grafal. Uh, a lot of it was made about how he's going to oh. hold these dudes accountable. Uh, can he be the hard ass? What's his role going to be in that? Let, let's do the Moncada one real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, just in case we run out of time in the segment, let's do that one. My bad. Go ahead. What is your your plan or your strategy toward to getting Yuan Moncada back to what White Sox fans in baseball knows what he can be? I've had uh, a handful of conversations with uh, Moncada this offseason. He wants to be great. He's had years where he's been great, um, and he will be great again. We have to, you know, understand how difficult it is to not be able to see your parents for a long period of time. Uh, I empathize with that. Um, I had to move to Arizona for 12 and a half years to become the field coordinator in Seattle, and uh, even though it was a great job, you know, I missed home. I missed my people. You know, I missed my father, my mother, my, my sister, my brother. You know, I, I just missed being a part of it. However, you know, this is what we chose to do, right? Um, and for us to be able to provide for others, um, we have to focus on this. Um, I empathize with what he's going through. Uh, I'm going to be there for him. Our coaches are going to be there for him. Um, we're going to help him in any way that he can um any way that he needs help, we're going to be there for him. Uh, and I and I have uh, complete faith that uh, this year, 
uh, he's going to come out and uh, be the Moncada that everybody everybody is looking for him to be. But the most important thing is understanding, you know, what he's what he goes through. I mean, come on, his family's in Cuba. He's here. You know, he he's really close to his to his to his family. I mean, you know, that, that's that's tough. Sometimes we gotta, you know, walk in somebody else's shoes a little bit to realize, you know, what, you know, how difficult it is to perform at a high level with unbelievable expectations, you know, and at the same time get home every night and have to make a phone call, you know, or try to FaceTime your your family if you can, um, you know, just to communicate with them or see them. You know, and, and, and not being able to be next to him and give him a hug or a kiss for, you know, eight, eight nine months at a time. That's difficult, man. Yeah, it's, it, I, I couldn't even imagine. My, my parents are 40 minutes away, and sometimes that feels like it's far. You know? No doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah, and it's good, good stuff, good relatable stuff. Um, and Shane and Grafal relating. And you got a window. There's a couple other moments in there, too. You really get a window of how he's going to relate to these players and try to relate to these players and how he related to some of the ones he's closest to in Kansas City. Some real good stuff. Yeah, that came up in the accountability, right, with uh, the Salvador Perez stuff. So let's just we'll – this will be the last one. Bourbon and a buddy, Shane Reardon, Pedro Grafal. Everyone spoke about how good you are at holding people accountable. You remember that time with Salvi Perez when you guys didn't talk for a couple weeks or a couple days or something like that? That's, that's one of many. That's one of many. Um, yeah. That was a part. That's a big part of our relationship. Um, I told him from day one, I, I you know, uh, I'm going to let you be you when I think you is wrong, you know, and I want you to do the same to me. Uh, so as we grew closer together, uh, I consider him like my son, you know, I have three daughters. So he's, he's my one son, you know? Um, and sometimes you got to have difficult conversations, right? And if he likes to hear it, great. If he doesn't like to hear it, great. You know? Uh, but so there's, there's been plenty of times where we've had a few difficult conversations and it's turned into three or four days without, without speaking. And then it becomes who realizes that they were wrong first, you know? Um, a lot of times he'll just pass by after a couple of days and give me a hug and a kiss. And I know that's over. Um, sometimes it might take a little longer, but at the end of the day, we know that it's, it's for each other's best. Um, and all we're doing is we're doing it for is to grow, grow together and then, you know, grow to be who we're supposed to be, you know, which is role models, do the right thing and, you know, and, and perform on the field. You know, if, if, this is about playing hard, working hard, you know, and giving the fans what they deserve on a daily basis. And if we're not doing that, shame on us. we got to hold each other accountable. What's the strategy for a guy who maybe doesn't operate like Salvi does and someone that you really need to connect with, but it's just it's not really lining up? You know, accountability for me is not like getting in somebody's face. And that's what I want people to, you know, to understand. Um, I think accountability for me is empowering people. Right. And letting people know that we need you. Uh, we need you to do the right thing. We need you to work hard. We need you to take this serious. Um, we uh, we got high expectations here and and empowering them, you know, to develop their schedule, to help develop their schedule, to help develop their work, um, you know, what, whatever the case may be. And once you do that and you make them a part of the process, most of the time, they'll hold themselves accountable. If not, it's an easy thing. It's an easy conversation. 
like, hey, we, we discussed this, you know, um, you told me this, I, I gave you the leeway to do what you needed to do. And it's not, it's not getting done. So let's talk about it. So um, once I think the issues come when you don't empower people, and then you try to hold them accountable, and they walk in the in your office and go, what are you holding me accountable for? You didn't let me do anything. Oof, man, that that one's really resonating with me. I thought that was really powerful and interesting stuff about how you hold players accountable. And it's also, he references Salvi as a son. I guess it's resonating with me. I'm, I'm having a tough time as a dad right now with, uh, with an, uh, you know, with, with, and it's like, how do you hold your kids accountable? How do you build that kind of thing? And to hear the way you talk about it, once you establish the, establish the agreement, have the conversation, and then it's like you don't have to be a jackass and get in somebody's face. It's like, hey, remember we talked about this. What, what is this about? And having, like, the courage and the strength to just not talk for a couple of days. I'll let you be you, but just walk around and be wrong. Go ahead. Let's let that just sit there. Man, that's hard. Uh, that's that's really hard. And in my case, it feels hard when you only get your kid half the time. But, you know, it's it, it, so it's it just it, Shane, you you had a conversation with that dude that resonated with with me and I'm sure with a lot of others very, very deeply. So I like I like that guy a lot. He did drop a baseball thing here real quick. He talked about some of the best players in the league and playing against them. Here's what he said. These guys that are the best in the world and they drive Mercedes too, man. And there's a reason why they drive them. <laughs> That's probably the old school thing, but just back in the lexicon. I love that. These guys drive Mercedes too. About, yeah. I should have told you, Tanny, there was a thing earlier where he was talking about his first year as a farm director. I felt like I had a fire hydrant in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, tough. Oh God. Yeah. Tough to manage. How do you manage when the fire hydrant is going off in your very difficult. He's yeah. just like a like a cute dad of daughters, you know. Like he was nervous to swear. He just he it was great. He's a he's a good dude, and I think White Sox. I, I told him on the interview that he's going to be around for the next fifteen years, and, and I I do believe that. Yeah, that's how managers normally yeah. work. <laughs> huh? I said that's how that's how it normally works with managers. Total in baseball. number of fifteen year uh, tenured managers well, right it, now. It, it might have been an exaggeration, but what I uh, meant was like what we've been talking about. What, when the White Sox were searching for a manager, we want someone who's going to be around, like the next Joe Torre, the next Mike Sosha, yeah. the next Bud Black. You know, it, yeah. it, I think that's Pedro. Bob Melvin um, has had managed the A's for ten seasons. Then he he jumped. Ozzy got switched. seven years after winning a World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 15, just a little I mean, I, hey, I uh, watch it happen. I, yeah, I, I'll talk to you in 2038. Please. All right. Okay. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. The, the Owen Parkins show will be in full swing by then. It's going to be a handicapper. Uh, At 18? Uh, I guess maybe not. Who knows? They might lower the legal age. There's no way to know. Uh, get your questions in for one last thing. Uh, news and NFL coaching, uh, both local and national, next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you kidding me? Tune in to Twitch. Afternoons on The Score. You get your one last thing questions in Parkinson Spiegel on The Score. Uh, Luke Getze has been named the coach of the Senior Bowl. So I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job. Uh, get hired away in that way, but he is 38 years old. And he's getting tabbed to coach the Senior Bowl. Yep, should get a little bit more insight for Ryan Poles and the staff ahead of uh, the draft, which is interesting. I saw Matt Miller 
uh, tweeting out a list of names that, of guys that uh, would be at the Senior Bowl that could be useful at positions in need for the Bears in later rounds. It's mm-hmm. not normally the guys that would be picked, you know, in the top five of the draft, but you know, second, third, fourth round types. He, he wrote uh, wide receivers and offensive linemen. Uh, Matt Miller put out some names. Right, so, so Getsy gets to see them up close and coach them for a week, sees how coachable yeah. they are, sees how they might fit in his system, sees how smart they are. That's, a, that's an awesome thing. This happens every year that coaches get a chance to see these guys up close. I love it for Getsy, And he gets to feel like a head coach for the week. Yeah, there's, so there's, a, there's a lot of benefit. And, you know, just these, like, little things. You always talk about winning in the margins. You know, I talked yesterday about how the, the Ravens losing earlier got them uh, a slightly higher second round pick in the trade for Roquan Smith the fact that Ian Cunningham didn't get hired away Ryan Poles' assistant general manager even though he was a finalist for two jobs he'll now have, if he gets a job next year or the year after mm-hmm. he, he will have been with the team for at least two years and so that means there will be compensation in the form of uh, post third pre fourth round comp picks coming back to the Bears in each of the next two drafts uh, after next year when he gets the job little thing in the margin Luke Getzey getting coached senior bowl Little thing in the margin. 16 different wide receivers on the uh, have already accepted invitations for the two senior bowl teams. Luke Getze gets to see him up close. That's great. Um, another thing, by finishing below the Texans, you're first in the waiver claim. So you get to anyone who's cut. During the course of the year. During training camp. Resets like week four or yeah, something Yeah, like it resets that? a few weeks into the season. I don't remember wh- when it starts going based on the, the order of the of the actual season that's being played as mm. opposed to the, the previous season. But for, yeah, you'll get anyone who would have to clear waivers if you want to absorb the contract. And again, we know that the Bears can absorb any contract they want because of the cap space. They can put in a claim on waivers for a guy. So there's just... All these little things that should help, and it's nice that uh, you know Kevin Warren will be in place as a check and a balance, and that Ian Cunningham will still be there, and things just uh, setting up because it, it can fall apart fast, man. Uh, I I've been struck by how fast it seemingly has fallen apart for Brandon Staley. Dude fired the offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, fired the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Shane Day. And now they got to fill those vacancies. And I ask you, was the offense the problem? Was the offensive production this year the problem? They were 11th in total yards. I mean, you could look at things, but they were without Keenan Allen, without Mike Williams for large stretches of time. A lot of the very smart analytical football community thinks that their offense is archaic. That the offense... That the design of it? Yeah, that they are not maximizing... um, the talents of Herbert and the skill position guys, like it's like uh, expected yards per route run and mm. things like that. It's just too shallow. It's too conservative. It kind of reminds me of the criticism of Mike McCarthy at the end with Aaron Rodgers. Not enough motion. Not enough. You know, not enough misdirection. Things like that. Okay. So because so he said, I think there's a different gear we need to get to as a football team. Um, I, there's just a different level we need to play at, particularly at the line of scrimmage in the run game, having a marriage of the run and pass, creating more explosions on early of downs. There's a style of play that's still out there for us. We made improvements each season, but you're always trying to take your game to another level. It just feels like sacrificial lambs while he remains. Agreed. And I think that that's totally fair. I think both things can be true here. Um, they need to modernize the offense around Justin Herbert but Brandon Staley probably should have been held accountable too. 
but it's the type of thing. We talk about ownership mattering. They are not an ownership group historically that likes to eat dead money. Mm. You know, it's 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 a it's a cheap ownership group in the margins, right? They're they're the second team in Stan Kroenke's stadium. They were willing to play in the smallest stadium in the NFL in the holdover while it was being built. They the Spanos family is not known for paying out big money uh, in the margins for those types of things. They used to mess with dudes' contracts. I yeah. remember Sean Merriman and Antonio Gates, like that era of Chargers football, would talk about some of the haggling that would go on with stuff. So it, it's just it's not a very good ownership group. So it easily could have just been, yeah, maybe we should fire him, but we don't want to. Hmm. So we're not going to pay it to go away. So this is what we're willing to do. It's just, you know, you know, there's a couple situations that looked like they really smelled bad in the NFL as games ended over the weekend. That San Diego one with the way they collapsed and Joey Bosa slamming the helmet to the ground twice in front of his head coach and drawing the, um, the, the penalty and, and the fine. He eventually got a fine for it, right? Yeah. And then the thing in Baltimore, man, with J.K. Dobbins intimating and then walking it back that they would have won had they had Lamar and of the tone and Lamar's statement that he made was, was, you know, was real awkward. And why didn't Lamar travel with the team? You know, and he, it, it was not even there with the team. That's why everybody is figuring that Lamar might have played his last down for Baltimore, but we'll see what happens with that. They can still franchise him, and I don't know what they're going to do, but all of a sudden, that one that one had a, a stink to it towards the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going to tag and trade him. I, I, I think that it's done. Um, obviously, if the disagreement is over money and then you meet the guy's price, relationships can be repaired. We've seen that with contract holdouts all the time. Wow. But I think that Lamar, who represents himself and has bet on himself and then sat out, maybe deservedly, maybe conservatively, however your interpretation of that is, we don't know his real injury, Yeah. Uh, even though he told us what it was on Twitter. He told us what it was, but it also sounded like a defense of the decision, and then he doesn't travel with them. Yeah. Uh, so it's awkward. He wants the Deshaun Watson contract. Yeah. He wants the fully guaranteed contract. And the Ravens and every other team has been like, no. I am actually shocked that the Browns were able to do that. That the league even allowed it. It's insane because the precedent it is now set. But no one else has followed the precedent. Like, Russell Wilson didn't get it. Kyler Murray didn't get it. I mean, Pat Mahomes had happened beforehand, obviously. But like the rest of the league is looking around being like, hey, man, they are the outliers. Like, you can argue, Lamar Jackson, you've won an MVP and you're a model citizen and Deshaun Watson is not and that you should get it because Deshaun did. But are you going to argue that you should get a better contract than Pat Mahomes got? So what do you or that, got, that Josh Allen got? What do you trade for a franchise-tagged Lamar Jackson? Who you have to pay. You have to sign my if, guess if is, you're going to keep. My guess is, like, first-round pick. Uh, it, that would be my that'd be my guess. Carolina? Yeah, um... I would think about it, and maybe you do, like, future first-round pick if you're a team way at the top of the draft. Um, I would think Seattle would be interested. I would think Atlanta would be interested. The Jets? Yeah, the Jets are an interesting one. I, I don't know if they want to run that type of offense based on how they're built. Mm -hmm. I could see the Jets trying to convince Brady to go there, honestly. 
hey, man, come beat Bill Belichick. You just got to deal with the cold again. We got a ready-made roster. Yeah, come play Bill for two years. Yeah. Sauce Gardner will shut down whoever he has. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. But I, I think Lamar, I think someone will pay Lamar. I but think it, Brady's going to go to Vegas and throw to Devontae and hang out with Josh McDaniels, and we'll have to see him. And lose? It, yeah, probably. And we'll see him in primetime um, six times next year. Yeah. I, I just I don't get how he would look at Vegas and think he could win there with Mahomes and Herbert in the division, but that's just me. Honestly, the NFC South is probably his best bet for winning. Just staying right there. Yeah. Uh, or going to Atlanta. Like, you know what I mean? Or go, going to a, if he thinks that there's a better team in the NFC South. But it's New a pretty, Orleans. It's a pretty clean path. Yeah. But um, I don't think that, I, I don't think he could win in Vegas, but people seem convinced that he wants to be with Josh McDaniels. We'll answer a few questions for one last thing next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoons on The Score. Just one more thing, please. I thought you had a clock to punch. I do. I'm leaving right now. It's time for One Last Thing. Well, let's let someone else ask a couple questions. I just want to ask you. And then we'll come back to you. One question. How about that? Let's let everybody else and we'll come back to you. Ask any question. I just want to ask you. For anyone on the show. Question. Then I can figure out who I want to answer to. I don't need your help with that. I just want to ask you. One question. Does anyone else have another question first? I got a question. All right. I just want to ask you. Thank you. One question. One Last Thing with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. One last thing, you text and twitch in the questions. Shane gathers them and asks them. We all answer. What do we got, Shane? Okay, so on Twitch, uh, from a Twitch user, what is the status on Scorehouse 2023? Mm. It's a great question. We've got something fun planned for the show coming up. I don't know if we can say it. I don't see why not. I don't see why not either, right? Everything's booked. booked. Hey, do they want a big rollout for it, though? Could be. Have they ever done a big rollout? Well, we've had a guest. We've had a guest, and and promos have hit the rotation. All right, so Tanny, the adult in the room, saying we should not address that. I hate adults. Yeah, me too. Without uh, proper... We've got something cool planned for the show that hopefully some listeners will be able to attend in the next couple of months. And we also hope... That there is scorehouse, but we do yep. not know if there is going to be scorehouse. It's a 72-hour broadcast at Rick's Cabaret Strip Club in Lincoln Park. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there for 72 straight hours. Oh, man. Yep. You know I do I, think, and it's all the same strippers the whole time. I thought we were going to broadcast from a farm uh, downstate until the cows come home. That's my dream is to do a marathon broadcast at a barn while the cows are out, and we just keep going until the cows come home. Kevin Costner riding behind him on his horse, bringing what? those cows back to the, the ranch. Whatever we got to do. They're killing my cattle. <laughs> I do think there's a good chance that Speaks is at spring training. I think, Hopefully. Yeah, right? I think, I think at, at the very least, I, I would assume that you're there, but I, I hope the whole show goes uh, and we do a scorehouse. That'd be great. From a Twitch user, Lamb1979, the station promotes so many podcasts. Doesn't that push away listeners? <laughs> I've been staring at that one for a while oh, now. <laughs> You guys have time to listen to stuff when you're also listening to us? Come on! You got multiple brains and ears and devices? What's up, Danny? <laughs> you know, the thought had crossed my mind, Twitch user. I won't, I, I'll lie. Yeah, let's put it this way. We're in, a, we're in a confusing time in the industry. Oh, that's true. Right? Yep. People are trying to figure out how to how to be yep. all things to all people. But yeah, the thought had crossed my mind. A lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> from uh, from Perch Porch on Twitch, 
Bulls are in Paris yes. tomorrow. Will you watch and day drink? Um, I don't know that I'll watch and day drink. I do know that I wish I was there now that I read Casey Johnson's piece after he hung out with Joakim Noah at Roland Garros, where his dad won the French Open in 1983. It was an awesome... 83. It was an aw- I beat you to it. It was an awesome piece, and I, I didn't I even know sports. Joe was there. Now that I know Joe is there... Paris and the Bulls wasn't enough, but Joakim Noah being there. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, that would be great. That's a great idea for a story by, by Casey. Isn't it? Casey's oh, awesome. Tremendous. Um, I, I mean, we're on after. Yeah. Good answer, Danny. You're going to watch because <laughs> we're going to be on after the game. But yeah. we're not going to day drink because we're going to be on after the yeah, game. Yeah, we're going to be on after. So yeah. we, tomorrow's still a work day. It's just a shortened work day. The, the game starts at 2, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2 we'll o'clock, be on, yeah. We'll, we'll be, be on, on at by like 4.30 or 5. Yeah, 4.30. Yeah, yeah. Right. Short post game. Yeah, um, I won't watch, and I will day drink. <laughs> That's okay with everyone. Yeah, sure. I got so many hours to kill during yeah, the day. What sure. the hell else am I supposed to do? Yeah, read no. a book. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what you're doing. Do. Book a guest. Yes. What, what, what guest do you want? Speaks <laughs> Boomer Esiason. Give, give me a name right now. What guest do you want? I'll book that guest for you tomorrow. Uh, John Paul Morosi. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Danny, you watching? <laughs> I'll probably be stuck in traffic, but I'll be listening to Chuck and Bill. I like I can't wait for all their French references. <laughs> like that'll be a thing. Hey, I can tell you this. Everybody be listening because there's also a playlist of music bumps. <laughs> there is rock and roll songs with lyrics in French. I, I heard I heard the police. I heard the talking heads. Okay. This little psycho killer and several other things. Because so, Tanny, as a, a prominent sound guy, there's nothing better than a music bed for radio that includes the lyrics, right? <laughs> That's what you're looking for. Um, you know what? I have a guest idea. Five o'clock right out of the shoot tomorrow, Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. Wow. I can't, I, how many French words is, is Chuck going to cr- try to say? It's going to be mm. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, Does he change onions to something friend? Kobe White for three. We. Uh, what is cherry pie in your eye in French? I'll tell you what, Bill. Walking around Paris, these Parisians, they don't wear deodorant. <laughs> oh, yo. He bumped them. Bonjour. Oui, oui. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And by the way, yeah. Mob, do us a favor. Still listen to the Bulls game in our time slot. No. And then uh, we, we know you're not going to. But, and then you could point out funny little French references. Yeah, love and, that. And then let, alert Tanny to them so uh, we could bring them back and help program the show. <laughs> Tanny's going to see the Irishman in theater for the fifth time now. <laughs> Four hours it's in the theater. going to take up some of his time. to be here. Yeah. I, I saw Avatar in the theater. That was wrong. We got to unpack that one of these days. You're a lot of wrong on Avatar. <laughs> I was, did you ever go back and listen to what I said? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to know how loud wrong I was. I know I was very loud wrong off air. Not sure how loud. I think I'm confusing the two. Yeah. Like, on air, off air conversation. I think we might Avatar, have been. Yeah. Yeah. But I just had a fond memory I of when you were potential. when you were loud wrong about. Um, about the band at Wrigley. Like, you told people that the band had already played. Mortifying. <laughs> oh, the Lumineers. The Lumineers. Yeah, that was the Lumineers. Camp. They're done. <laughs> They're done. Yeah, you missed them. <laughs> at like 4.45. Yep. Lumineers. What? Selling we just out. got 4.45. Yeah, but what, we just got... How, how did we miss it? Uh, In it was fairness, there. they had played one of their songs. 
it was confusing. Yeah. I don't know. But the old girl just kept just turned around when they came on. And she I think like, about that once a week, Spies. <laughs> <laughs> Every time a camp song comes up on my Spotify, I'm like, oh, Danny thinks that's the Lumineers. <laughs> I'm trying. His first date with his wife. No, it wasn't the Lumineers. Mumford and Sons. Uh, yeah, sounds similar. So close. Thank you to Joe Banner and Hub Arkish. They were our guests today. We're on after Bulls basketball tomorrow. Thank you to Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka for the Twitch chat and video stream. Uh, Shane Reardon, and our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill makes us sound better than we are each and every day. Thank you, sir. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins Spiegel. This is the score. That was awesome. <laughs> that was f***ing awesome. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.